1: Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
2: Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A, and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile-certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by TechSystems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand Newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today we're going to talk about the buyer's experience and how automation and intentional approaches can improve it and lead to more valuable customers. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Leah McTiernan, GVP pre Solutions at DocuSign. Leah, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Greg. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at DocuSign.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Leah McTiernan, I'm based in Philadelphia with my family. Chris and my daughters, uh, two daughters, Abby and Madeline. Professionally, I've been in software since 1996 and in pre-sales for 18 years. I had a really brief stint in engineering right after college, but from there, I've always had customer roles on the customer facing roles, I should say, on the implementation side, the consulting side. And I first moved into pre-sales at a company called mTaurus that was acquired by IBM And while at IBM, I had the opportunity to move into management, which was a great experience there. And about nine years ago, I came to DocuSign. Um, My role, as you said, at DocuSign, it's group vice president of the pre-sales organization. And essentially, um, my role is in our, our, you know, our function is managing all the supporting roles to the sales organization. So it's really four distinct groups that roll up to pre-sales. It's solution consulting, value consulting, proposal management, and then our our Navy SEALs, our our technical specialists.
2: Great, great. So we're here to talk about the buyer's experience. And you know, one of the topics we talk about a lot on the show is the the customer experience. And, and often we're focused on The pre-sale customer experience or the post-sale customer experience, but today we're going to focus more on that buying part of the customer journey and particularly in an enterprise B2B environment, which is where where you're working in primarily and, and just how critical that part of the journey is. So, you know, first question, do you think the the buying experience can sometimes be overlooked or simply downplayed in importance when it comes to B2B enterprise sales? And what are some of the byproducts of this happening?
0: Yeah. So interesting question, especially because at DocuSign, right, we kind of view everyone in the world as a customer but we have a very specific motion for B2B enterprise. So it's a very defined segment. And I was thinking about this one. And I think my initial reaction is no, I don't think it's overlooked as part of that customer journey. I think it's viewed, especially with the teams, um, you know, I work with here as so critical to our success In how we're interacting with our buyers, you know, especially in that B2B enterprise um, motion, because they expect white glove, smart, consultative account teams that are kind of come in and work with them that that know their business, know their industry, are bringing solutions to them that will help their company achieve the outcomes that they want for their business and, and ultimately their customers what I do think the desire or, or what, what has been possibly overlooked or downplayed that we're starting to see come to life is the desire for that buyer to self-educate up front prior to engaging an enterprise sales team. And so, again, a lot of companies today aren't, aren't, aren't spending their budgets on those external platforms that can help your prospects buy or get educated to buy. So if you can, you know, what I think the shift that, you know, we're seeing is if you can start to provide them that ex- experience, right? The ability to access the right content up front, it can actually help your B2B enterprise motion because you're going to now have a much more qualified, I would say smarter buyer and, and more elevated overall sales motion that will occur.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and so to, to build on that, uh, successful companies that do enhance the buyer's experience, you touched on the education piece of it. Yeah. You know how, how do they do things like that and, and perhaps other things that set these customers up for success down the road so that ideally they become longer term customers, right? The, the buzzword of the moment is customer lifetime value, right? So you know how, how do they set their customers up for success down the road?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw in another buzzword. I think so. The companies that you know I see doing this the best are are providing the curated, easily accessible, easily searchable content that meets a buyer where they are, and 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 that dovetails into buyers wanting a more product centric digital buying experience moving forward. And we're seeing that especially play out here. again, I mentioned DocuSign so broad, but you know more down market, not necessarily in, in B2B enterprise, but with our consumer and small medium business and, and mid market companies, the more they can do autonomously, you know the better. And so kind of shifting when you look at like post sale, and when when they have become a, a customer and this is kind of in you know in lines with wanting to continue to partner with these customers community is a huge opportunity to to drive that and i have a dear friend and colleague here Tanya Fadul, um, and, and she's coined customer-led growth, so a little different than customer yeah. lifetime value. Yeah. But you know, the premise behind that is like customers want to interact with other customers, and the more we can provide them those opportunities, uh, whether it's an online forums, um, user groups, advisory councils, the better, because they want to increase their knowledge and expertise, understand you know what their peer group is doing and experiencing. And then when companies, you know, that they're buying from can can recognize them for that or provide them those forums, it cultivates a network and a fan base. And I think they become much more motivated to help one another. And that increases the trust and loyalty back to whoever they may be buying from. And and it will evolve. And this kind of ties into like more of the customer led growth angle um, where customers can become so educated, you know, on solutions that they can start to, to help sell, especially within these community forums on their behalf, which is the, which I think the beauty of customer like growth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So DocuSign is, is certainly a a well-known leader in automation of critical processes and steps and internal processes. I know personally, I, I, lost track of how many signed documents I've signed over the years. <laughs> I actually use it for my own, for my consulting practice for, for contracts and, and things like that too. So, you know, I'm familiar with it. at least part of what you do um, fairly well, but you know, how can automation of critical processes, you know, that type of thinking and expertise be brought to the way that software and services are purchased?
0: Yeah, no, great question. Thank you for being a customer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, deeply appreciated. <laughs> and I think, and you know, obviously I've had the chance to, to interact and talk with so many customers as well. And I think part of the reason DocuSign has been so successful is because we really truly keep the customer at the heart of everything we do, how we design our solutions, our user interface, the experience, especially mobile um, that we want to deliver for them so they can in turn, go and help their own customers. So mapping that simplicity and ease of use to purchasing is something that we, and I think many other companies are heavily focused on right now. So essentially everything that can be self-service, you will be self-service and, you know, it's like kind of coming soon for, for us. It's a journey we're not there yet, but I can bring this to life with a quick story. My friend Greg Dickinson, he's the founder and CEO at Omidam Software and his company is like is in this, right? They're working to digitize the buyer experience um, they happen to be a DocuSign customer. but if you were to go to the website like their website right now, you know he has you know his thesis statement, you know right there and it's essentially, you know, you can go online and buy a Tesla for $55,000 in less than five minutes, but a $55,000 SaaS transaction likely takes five plus months and many expenses of people working on it to close. So I think like, that's the gap. Um, The market's evolving fast. Like that's the net net, but like that, you know, When he shared that with me, I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, the fees—it's true, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You provide that simple, simple experience for purchasing. Every single question you could possibly think of is right there. You know, people are gonna—you know—they're gonna—they're gonna buy online.
2: Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. So just to to continue our, our discussion of, of buzzwords here, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about AI and you know, chat GPT and Google yeah. just came out with Bard. And is there such a thing as too much automation? You know, where where does automation cease to be helpful and instead causes a less than optimal customer or buyer experience? And you know, how do you how do you think about balancing those those two?
0: It's a great question. I don't know if I have the perfect answer. I mean, again, things are moving and innovating so quickly right now. But as we've been discussing, this modern buyer, I really believe, wants the mediums, the communities, the the content. You know, especially when you can weave in, you know, where we're going with with AI and and what that does, even just a simple search. Yeah that it it empowers the buyer to do their own research in a way they've never been able to do that before. So you kind of have that side of the equation, but I do believe buyers still need and want to engage with people. So especially, you know, when you're spending, you know, and I just use the Tesla example. Right. And, and I think like, if it's, if it's simple and direct, that makes a ton of sense, but When you have complexity integrations, you know, integrating into multiple systems, non-standard, non-cookie cutter problems that you're looking to solve. And this could be small deals or this could be bad to like the B2B, you know, very large deals. There is going to be this need to, to engage, you know with actual people to solve these more complex problems, especially when you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for a new technology. Right. Well, so I don't know where the line is exactly. I think, you know, we're trying to even figure some of that out as well. But I, I do think there can be such thing as too much automation.
2: Yeah. Where where do you see the future of automation and the buying and sales process going? You know, what, what do we have to look forward to there?
0: Yeah, well, we've used a few buzzwords on the customer right, let's side. Keep it going. I,
2: mean,
0: yeah, I think we're going to continue to see strong momentum in PLG, product like growth, um, just to throw another one out there IPC and product communication. And it again, it's tying back to making it as easy as possible for the buyer. So, like if I want to go in and do something simple as like adding new users or simple feature add-ons, you know, being able to do that, you know, within a company's software, or kind of placing that at the middle of their buying journey, yeah. it, it broadens their experience, right? So they can do, you know, the products is almost doing the selling digitally, right? By understanding the behaviors, the patterns, you know, of whoever may be using it, the customer and monitoring that there's the ability, again, thinking of the AI, right, to, to, to tailor, hey, we're seeing you use like these three features. That's fantastic. We also have ABC that you may be interested in and doing that, you know, that's the in-product communication, right, right within the solution. It's detecting, you know, how you're, engaging with a service or a product and then it's starting to essentially sell um or or tee up <laughs> for you yeah. uh what you may be able to buy. And so I I I still strongly believe that customer led growth will trump product led growth or should be the focus cuz again our mantra here in like every other company, right? It should always be about the customer and how we can serve them and reward them and, and build these experience within the product for them, um, with outside, you know, the content that they may need outside the product to expand their horizons, but that sense of community and, and, and network and loyalty. So they'll want to keep doing business with us, but also feel inspired and motivated to want to help others. I think that's, that's more of our holy grail.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of, the work uh, to automate things and 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 make things smoother from an internal perspective. A lot of this is tied up in digital transformation. Again, another another overused word, probably, but it's we're, we're
0: such an umbrella term, <laughs>
2: right? But you know, a goal of digital transformation often is operational as well as 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 customer improving the customer experience. I want to talk a little bit about the internal part of this cuz a lot of a lot of the the talk about digital transformation even though there's a lot of internal stuff that goes on i think a lot of the the talk about it is the end results to the end customers so instead you know just to to focus a little bit more internally you know wh- what have you seen for, as far as positive impacts when organizations are doing digital transformation well
0: yeah and i should say i mean It's an umbrella term that we love the term. We love everything (laughs) digital transformation.
2: Yeah,
0: We love hearing, you know, those words no matter what. But I mean, I can speak from experience, both from, you know, myself personally and working with customers that, you know, when it's digital versus paper or manual, it honestly just makes you like your job more because you have time to focus on the interesting strategic work versus the administrative, you know, annoying work. So it's like the ease of use and the ability to do business from like anywhere on your phone or, or a device. It just, it brings a smile. I mean, I know for me personally, right. I have a I have to interact with data and agreements like all day long. Um, and when I'm signing an offer letter, when I'm walking to grab lunch, like that's so efficient.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, from my own personal experience, just yeah, storage and organization. I mean, obviously I've been a docusign almost nine years. I mean, I can find any agreement I've ever interacted with, put data into approve sign in seconds. Right. Cause it's yeah. all in one repository, but the data in those agreements, it can be, you know, and obviously we're probably, you know, we're, you know, this is our bread and butter, but like it can be acted upon and it can interact with other systems like ERPs It can streamline processing. You can capture key obligations and dates to ensure you're, you're not losing money. You're maximizing, you know, what you're contracting for. You're, you're realizing cost savings that you've negotiated. The other thing for us, like for me, and this is, you know, from again, personal experience, but also really talking to customers is, you know, when you have digital transformation, you're mitigating risk because anything paper or manual equals risk. And, and, and you're playing, you know, you're playing with fire when, when you're not working to digitize those, those business processes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What about things to avoid, you know, for, for all the, completely agree with, with your, um, with your assessment. Of, and I, I hate paper, personally, myself. So anything I can do to to remove a piece of paper out of my life, I'm, I'm all for but you know, what what should organizations be either avoiding or at least thinking very carefully about as as they undergo transformation?
0: It's a great question. I mean, there's one element of this, you know, for for me, that is, it ties back to change management 101. I think, and maybe I'll flip this into what you absolutely should do in, you know, to, to help ensure success, there's gotta be strong sponsorship to ensure adoption. And, and that adoption is non-negotiable because it's still change management. Even if it's the simplest thing in the world, people, you form habits, you know, in one way. And it's sometimes it's hard to change. So there's got to be the sponsorship and and what we've seen help that quite a bit is, is having the, you know, at the customer, the internal resources, the champions working to get them excited, sharing the early wins, and just having that, that dedicated team that can help win the hearts and minds of of the larger um, employee base that that you may be rolling out to. And then just like constant, you know, drumbeat, positive communications and making sure the resources, you know, whether it's a center of excellence or not, is set up for the team so that they feel supported and that they can ask any question up front and get that answered and and just getting them excited about moving into, you know, a future state
2: process. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, cha- change is, is tough. I mean, I, I know when nah. I was writing my my latest book house of the customer you know the the stages of adapting to change are the same as the stages of adapting to grief right oh, it's <laughs> it's uh yeah i mean it's you know obviously very different and and uh, hopefully people have a, a a good enough balance between work and and, and life to to understand the difference, but it's still, you know, it's, it's the same process. We're humans, you know, we don't, we don't like change and, you know, whether it's something that we've been doing day to day in our jobs for five years or, you know, something, something else it's, you know, we deal with it the same way. So yeah, I I thought that was, you know, just fascinating and, and, you know, it, it gave a lot of insights into just how hard it can be for people to do something new.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah, I've never drawn that correlation or thought too, but that it, it makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. So as far as measuring success of of transformation, so you know, there's there's a lot of things implied in you know when you're automating things, you're you're seeing, you're you're assuming there's going to be you know greater efficiency and and, and things like that. But you know, how how should an organization measure? success of of transformation from from internal metrics
0: yeah so there's a there's a couple i think key categories here i think one is and one is just very simplistic right you have like hard and soft dollar costs so costs of paper printing shipping you know, there is always a productivity element to that as well. And, you know, the, the people that are required to manage those manual processes. Um, so that that's absolutely one. And that's kind of, I would say, like foundational, you know, DocuSign. And again, digital transformation, we think about that. It's, you know, taking a manual paper-based process typically and trying to keep it digital end to end. And when you can do that, especially when it comes to agreements, they are so you you start to get into another level of value driver, right? And I was alluding to this before. But when you think of like contract lifecycle management, for example, and, and revenue leakage, so if you're doing it all manual today, you're not really understanding what's inside your agreement. So you're not capturing like, you know, pricing optimization, which could be, Hey, after you buy X amount of this, your price is going to go down significantly. Or, you know, once you hit this milestone, um, your price is going to go up. So there's, there's definitely, there's a whole bucket around cost saving and and revenue leakage and, and time to revenue. When you're able to extract the data that's inside those agreements, there's a huge ROI there And then similar, right? When you think of how much time you're spending generating agreements, negotiating agreements, reviewing, approving, going back, and is this the right version? Okay, this is the 10th Amendment. What are the prevailing terms across all of these? If it's a large company, you know, we have one customer, they have like 50 addendums to a master agreement with a very large company, and they have like no idea like what the current terms are. And so being able, when, when it's digital and you can draw those correlations and relationships, there really is, you know, outside of the, the revenue cost leakage savings, there's really just this massive productivity lift, but then it always goes back to risk, right? Because it's very important to understand, you know, um, what you're contracting to and if there's any risk based on that to your business. And if there is, you know, where does that risk sit and, and how would you mitigate it if needed?
2: Yeah. Well, Leah, thanks so much for joining the show. I've got one last question before we wrap up here for those organizations that are, they know they need to streamline internal processes, uh, might be part of a transformation or it might necessitate one. What's one piece of advice that you would have for them as they navigate the months ahead?
0: Great question. Again, um, I think my number one piece of advice would be do your homework and put the work in to find the company that's gonna partner with you and has a large customer and community base that has done it before. So they can really act on your behalf as almost consultants, right? Their expertise will guide you along the way.
2: That's great, wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Leah McTiernan, GVP Pre-Sales Solutions at DocuSign for joining the show. You can learn more about Leah and DocuSign by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G R E G K I H L S T R O M.com.